0: Conan Doyle is one of the giant figures of English literature, his Sherlock Holmes is immortal. But some of Doyle's lesser known stories should also be rated as classics. Interestingly, even Doyle's stories, which do not feature his great detective, show the same preoccupation with the solving of seemingly insoluble problems. And today's Case of the Lost special is one of his best. is Clément Roger. I am one of France's foremost attorneys. (laughs) I hear you say, then, what are you doing in this dismal prison in Marseille in the year 1901? Well, I am here because of a most urgent and curious request from the most famous criminal in all of France, the notorious Herbert Lernat. Monsieur Roger, I appreciate your coming here. Dear uh, before we start, uh, like most of the French public, I have been following your case. And I must be honest, I see no hope. hiring me as your defense attorney would just be a waste of money. I could not agree with you more. It's inconceivable how a man of my experience could have been so stupid as to kill a green grocer in front of three reputable witnesses. Ah, well, they say who the guards would destroy, they first make mad. That imbecile of a greengrocer may be very angry. Ah, but enough of that. Let me tell you the real reason I require your services. Which oh, you, you don't want me to represent you? Oh, on the contrary. You are the only lawyer in all France who can perform the service I have in mind. And that is? I have a message which I want you to take to three most important men in the French government. You know them very well, and they will understand. Now hold on, hold on, Mac. What makes you believe these men will listen to whatever message I bring them? Oh, oh, it's an excellent question. Tell me, Monsieur Roger, what would you label the greatest unsolved mystery of the last decade? Ah, jeez, I would need some time to think. It may save time if I suggest the disappearance of the Rushdale special. Ah, yes, but of course but what has the rushdale disappearance to do with your case in order for you to see the connection i must tell you a story a story that began eight years ago in liverpool in the office of the traffic manager of the london and west coast railway good morning my name is thomas potter may i help you gentlemen I am Monsieur Caratal. I would introduce my companion, but unfortunately, he is a mute. We must be in London by three o'clock this afternoon. It is imperative. Oh, dear, dear. a pity you just missed the express. It left less than half an hour ago, and the next train isn't scheduled until 1 p.m. We were booked on the express, but that devilish storm off the coast delayed us. I have come all the way from Central America. And my business in London brooks no delay. I was given to understand you were the gentleman to see about furnishing us with a special train. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's right. But we require a payment in cash immediately, 150 pounds. That presents no problem at all. Here is the cash. If you can assure me that the special will get us to London before three. Monsieur Caratal... You will arrive in London well before 3 p.m. Excellent. When can we board? (laughs) Almost immediately. But your train won't leave for three quarters of an hour since we'll require that time to telegraph down the line to clear the tracks. We'll board as soon as we can. I prefer to wait in our carriage. And so, Monsieur Roger, although I was not personally present at that meeting, as my story unfolds, You will come to understand that that is substantially the way it must have gone. And now... Now we come to what was considered by traffic superintendent, the good Mr. Potter an amazing coincidence. An amazing coincidence, Major Moore. A most amazing coincidence. Oh, how so? This is the first time in my 20 years experience that we've had two requests on the same day for special cranes to London. Ah, does that mean I shall not get my special and my poor wife will have to go to the hospital without me by her side? Oh, no, 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 no. not at all, Major. Quite the contrary. We have gentleman from Central America who's already ordered a special, which should be made up by now. I see no reason why he shouldn't be willing to share his accommodations with a military man like yourself. After all, there's plenty of space, and I shall go and ask him now. Absolutely not. I have hired this special train, Monsieur Potter, and I intend to share it with no one. No one. It's your train, sir, yes, but I I, I thought inasmuch as Major Moore would share the cost... Monsieur Potter, I am a man who likes my privacy. This is my train, mine alone, and I do not care to discuss this any further. Bear with me, Monsieur Roger. For your information, Major Moore was none other than myself. And therefore, I was able to ascertain that the Special departed on time with the track clear. Here now, Boskins. Here's something strange. Manchester reports that the special hasn't arrived. Hey, I wouldn't worry, sir. She's only ten minutes late. Well, be devil to pay if she's broken down. Send off messages to the stations down the line asking if they know anything. Well, Canyon Junction has already reported she passed there on time. Uh, there's only one station between Canyon Junction and Manchester. That's Barton's Moss. I'm calling them now to ask what they know. Hmm. What, what about the local from Kenyon Junction? If there's trouble on the line, she should be reporting in. Hey, that'd be Barton Moss now, sir. Hey, they report no sign of a special. <sighs> Order up an engine, two cars and a work crew. Now have them stand by, just in case we have a wreck on our hands. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Yes, Hoskins. what is it now? Manchester reports that the local from Canyon Junction just arrived, and there was no sign of the special. Well, it must have gone through. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, an engine, a tender, two railway cars, and five human beings cannot have vanished into thin air on a on a, a, a straight stretch of track. Uh, no, sir. Uh, maybe that's our answer. What are they sending? Yeah. bad news, I'm afraid, sir. Huh? I'll have it all in a minute. Uh-huh. They want you about a mile and one half out of Kenyon Junction. You're to meet with an Inspector Collins of Scotland Yard. Oh. Superintendent Potter, I assume. I want to thank you for coming so promptly. I'm Inspector Collins from the yard. Well, I'm sure we can use all the help we can get, Inspector. But how how did the yard get into this? Step this way, please. you recognize this man? Good Lord. It's, it's James Slater, the engineer on the Rochdale Special. <laughs> He's dead. As far as we can determine, he died of a fractured neck sustained in a fall. I ask you, Superintendent, is it possible for an engineer to fall out of his cab? Well, it's possible, Inspector, but highly unlikely in this case. Now, sir, in the very few times we've had anything like that happen, it was because the engineer was either drunk or ill... ...or he was leaning too far out of his cab on a bad curve. But Slater was a sober, hard-working, experienced engineer. And as you can see, this is a perfectly straight stretch of track. But could it have happened? Could he have fallen? In the absence of any other explanation... ...yes, Inspector, if it is possible. What is there? Knock... Are you claiming responsibility for the vanishing of the Rochdale special? I would rather say, Monsieur Roger, I am taking credit for a masterpiece. I must convince you that it was I indeed who carried that disappearance through. Because you, in turn, must convince the people you talk with that I am truly the man. And that they stand in grave danger of exposure if they do not come to my assistance in the present matter. But, to continue... Scotland Yard is now involved, and the worthy Inspector Collins returned to the office of the Superintendent Potter in Liverpool. Superintendent Potter, let's marshal the facts and see what we have. One, we have a special train en route to London. Last reported as passing through Kenyon Junction on time, and then disappearing somewhere between Kenyon Junction and Barton's Moss. Correct. it would seem to be. In all the history of railroading, no man has ever lost a train. Yes, I appreciate your feelings. Fact number two. The body of John Slater, the engineer of said train, was found lying alongside the tracks about one and one-half miles from Kenyon Junction, but there was no sign of the train or any twisting of the rails that would indicate an accident. Great. Yes, I now take it as fact that the train vanished somewhere between Kenyon Junction and Barton's Moss, along with the people in it. Which brings us to the people. First, the guards. How long had he been employed by London and West Coast? James McPherson? He joined us more than 12 years ago. He has a spotless record. And the Stoker? Uh, William Smith. We just hired three weeks ago, but he seemed to be an experienced, willing workout, which leaves the passengers. What can you tell me about the gentleman, uh, Monsieur Caratel, who hired the special? Well, maybe it's hindsight, but... I've been thinking about those two, and they were a strange couple. Caratel was so small and fragile looking, he was almost a dwarf. And this mute giant he had with him seemed like a bodyguard. And wait, one other thing comes to mind. Yes? The bodyguard was carrying a leather dispatch case, but it was chained to his wrist. Which seemed most unusual. There are too many unusual aspects of this whole case to suit me. For instance, this Major Moore you told me about. The man who wanted to share the special with this Caratow. Well, nothing unusual about that. It was just a coincidence. The Major was a fine man, every inch a soldier. He had a sick wife in London, and he was naturally anxious. To Would get... you think it unusual if I tell you that there is no record of any Major Moore in all the military? Nor any record of a Mrs. Moore in a London hospital at that time. Hmm. Like your trade, Major Moore seems to have vanished. It's hmm. beyond me. What's to be done? tedious detective work, Superintendent. I want an engine. And I want your company. When we ride over every inch of track where the special was lost... Oh, we'd be better off in a hand car. I'll get a crew. we just passed leads to the Constock, Ironworks. We've already checked it. Uh, the day that the special disappeared, there were 16 cars loaded with hematites blocking the entire track. I say, there's a signal flag. And the red is down at the next semaphore. Uh, stop here, engineer. Stop here. Uh, what's this all about? Well, I'll find out in a minute. As one of those Newfangled telephone things on this semaphore. I've a good mind to send in my resignation. Well, what is it? What did they say to you on the telephone? It almost doesn't bear repeating. But they've got some kind of spiritualist at the yard who claims he had a business. He insists your little man, Monsieur Caratal, wasn't a man at all, but the devil himself. And he spirited the train away. A preposterous notion. The idea about the devil... And yet, it showed the desperation that reigned in Scotland Yard and how hard put they were to explain this incredible disappearance of an entire train. We'll be back shortly with the explanation which is so ingeniously simple that it baffled the police for more than eight years. dream might well have served as a theme song for the life of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Ultimately, it led him into the spirit world in an impossible quest for answers to the riddle of life after death. We can be grateful for his absorption with this theme because he left us a treasure trove of mysteries. One of his lesser known gems is the Lost Special, to which we now return as the arch-criminal Herbert Lernac continues spinning his incredible tale. Monsieur Roger, as France's greatest criminal lawyer, it must seem almost ridiculous to sit in the prison cell of a man indicted for a stupid, clumsy murder of a green grocer and listen to him claim to have been the mastermind of one of the great crimes of the century. Oh, don't concern yourself with my feelings. Ah, but your feelings are crucial, monsieur. The gentleman to whom you carry my message must know that they are hearing the truth. I believe you, dear Mark. And I confess I am curious. Go ahead. Very well. Let us go back then. As you recall, all England was in an uproar. Inspector Collins was besieged on all sides by criticisms and suggestions. Inspector Collins. Your visit is a great surprise. Last I heard, you would handed in your resignation. Yes, I did. It wasn't accepted. I finally got something solid. What do you know about the guard in the van? I have his name down as James McPherson. McPherson? Well, he's been with us for a dozen years. Record clean as a whistle. Surely you don't suspect. We'll talk about suspicions after you give me all the information you have on him. Certainly, Inspector. Oh, let me see. Ah, yes, here we are. He moved here from Scotland with his folks. Got a job in a colliery. and then came to us as a switchman yeah that's how he started worked his way up never late rarely ill married and has one daughter that information checks with this letter but do you have anything on his friends or associates oh that wouldn't be on the file unless there was some particular reason and in this case there obviously isn't what about this letter do you know his handwriting I have samples on applications and other things, but should I have a look? Yes, of course. Well, here you are. You mean you actually have a letter from McPherson? It looks like it. Yes, it's his handwriting. He wrote you? What's he say? It's a letter to his wife, and it reads I've been thinking a great deal, and I find it very hard to live without you. The same goes for Bert, our darling daughter. How is she? And you. I long so much to see you, but things are very difficult with me here. Here? Well, where is he? America. Ooh. Let me finish. I'm enclosing some money, which should come when you change it to about 50 pounds. This should be enough to get you both over here. I suggest you try the Hamburg boats, which stop at Southampton. They're very good ships, and cheaper than Liverpool. So please come and stop at the Woods Hotel... I will get you there. Your ever-loving husband, James MacPherson. <sighs> I'd be blessed. What a strange letter. Of course, M. Rocher, we had known all along that MacPherson was the weak link. And he was under constant surveillance. Uh, just one moment, Leonard. <laughs> You're asking me to go to the three most important men in France with a request. They are not fools, neither am I. There was no way you could have known what was in that letter. Of course not. We knew he'd mailed a letter. Now remember, I had a confederate in England. The only way we could check was to see how Scotland Yard reacted. Or if they reacted at all. Naturally, his wife was watched. And when she went to the yard and Collins returned to Liverpool, we knew. And so? We acted. I had to go to America. McPherson was my responsibility since I had recruited him. Then he knew what had happened to the train. Oh, but of course. What happened to McPherson? What happened to the train? Ah, no one knows. Exactly. But you should have an inkling... I have revealed everything. Uh, No, 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 not quite everything. Let me continue and take you back to England and the hard-working Inspector Collins and Superintendent Potter. Good of you to come all the way to London, Superintendent. Uh, I'd go to the ends of the earth if I could find out what happened to the special. You have some news? Just that news Mrs. McPherson and her daughter are back from America they stayed at the Woods Hotel for two weeks and McPherson never contacted them Uh, just another dead end I must confess I was expecting more when I got your wire I have more an entirely new line of investigation has opened up who would want to steal a train? I went back and started from that. Oh, I've thought and thought about that, but I've come up with an absolute zero. It wasn't a train, obviously. It must have been Caratel, a man who needed a bodyguard, a man who insisted on absolute privacy and whose bodyguard was carrying a leather satchel... Pain to his wrist. That was strange, and I said so at the time. But, sir, so I put all the facilities of the yard to work on the background of Caratel. It turns out that he was a great traveler. Been round the world several times. Had friends and acquaintances all over, even in the Orient. From which he'd recently returned. Uh, I don't see where all this is leading. And Caratel dealt with some rather shady figures. And his dealings weren't always above board. In fact, just after his visit to China, there was a theft of a valuable inkstone from one of the museums. What in the world is an inkstone? That was my question, also. These are ancient stones used by the old Chinese calligraphers. They are extremely smooth and took the ink and held it so that the scholar could use it for his writing brushes. I still can't see. They're rare and becoming rarer. Some collectors would kill for them. Now, that leather satchel. it wasn't very large, was it? No, no, it wasn't. Oh, I see. You think that it contained an inkstone. It's a possibility. But one thing is a certainty. No one wanted the train. They wanted what was on it. The only thing I can think of that fits is whatever I was in that leather satchel of Caratel's bodyguard. Well, I cannot dispute the logic, but that still doesn't even begin to explain what happened to the train. How could it vanish off the face of the earth? Perhaps it didn't. What? How many men do you have at Barton's Moss? Uh, it's a small station. There's one man in a signal tower who also operates the telegraph. And a station agent? They were both on duty that day. Well, I like their names. Then I want you to check them out with me. Yes, of course. What are you trying to say? That maybe we've been on the wrong track all along. Led down the garden path, so to speak. Maybe the train did pass through Barton's Moss after all. Your fear is way off, Inspector. Jameson, the signal tower man, has been with the road for 21 years. He's looking forward to retirement. He's absolutely 100% honest. And that checks is what I've been able to turn up. And the ticket agent also cleared all our checks. Oh, absolutely. So there goes another theory down the drain. No, not necessarily. None of my surmise about the inkstone is correct. What difference does that make? How much do you know about the Oriental religions and philosophies? Uh, Nothing at all. Well, I've been studying up on them. Do you know that many of them preach the control of mind over senses? And also, some of them claim that in certain circumstances, illusions can be created. What are you trying to say? Is there a switch-off between Barton's Moss and the next station? One that is usable? One? There are at least three switch offs. Then I'll stay with my theory that the special did pass Barton's Moss, and your two men never saw it. Now you see it, now you don't. But the vanishing act in the early 1900s, which had all England buzzing with speculation, was the frighteningly inexplicable disappearance of a steam engine, a tender, two railway cars, and a van on a straight stretch of track in broad daylight. How such a thing could happen baffled the shrewdest detectives and the most experienced railroad men in the United Kingdom. Nevertheless, Inspector Collins of Scotland Yard and Superintendent Potter pursued their frustrating investigation. Well, that's the last switch off between Barton's Moss and Lowstone. We've come up empty again, Inspector. What now? You go back to Liverpool, and I'll head for London. And then? Unless we can come up with something solid... Some piece of evidence that will take us somewhere other than to a dead end. The case will go into the unsolved fire. Now, Monsieur Roger, you have all the facts before you, just as Inspector Collins and Superintendent Potter had. You recall, of course, the rumors that were in all the papers some eight years ago about the breaking of an impending scandal... ...involving some of the greatest political and financial figures in France. So if you are referring to the Martinique KT Paris Conglomerate, I am. Exactly. And you will also recall that it blew over. It was a two-week sensation and then nothing. Oh, yes, yes, but what... The honor and careers of many of the greatest figures in France would have been at stake. Uh, now, monsieur, you are a very skilled bowler. So, just imagine... A group of nine pins standing so rigid, prim, and correct. And then comes a bowling ball. And plop, plop, plop. There are your nine pins on the floor. (laughs) Dear Mac, you are exasperating. You speak in simile, but facts seem to be lacking. Caratel was your bowling ball, monsieur. The most important men in France were your nine pins. And they knew that Caratel was coming. Oh, yes, They knew. And thus they took steps. They formed a syndicate, a group to finance the stopping of this bowling ball. And I was chosen as agent to see that Caratel should never set foot in London. Very well, very well. I understand the premise. They hired you as an assassin. Oh, no, 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 monsieur. Assassins come cheaply. They needed two things one, that Caratel be stopped. Two, that the papers he was carrying the damning documents, which proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that they were all guilty. These had to be destroyed. Thus I was given unlimited funds. Unlimited, you understand? But would it not have been cheaper to buy off Caratel? Undoubtedly, but Caratel was not only carrying these proofs, he was also carrying a grudge against some of the men involved. In this matter... He could not be like, well, I think we could proceed more rapidly if you would allow me to do a uh, sort of uh, cross-examination. Um, but certainly. Where was Caratel when you received this commission? In Central America. Then why did you wait until he actually arrived in Liverpool before you... I did not, I did not. I immediately dispatched an agent to take the boat with him and report to me. But unfortunately, by the time my agent arrived, Caratel had already sailed. And so you decided to wait until he arrived? No, 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 monsieur. I fitted out a small armed brig which was sent to intercept Caratel's ship. But would that not have been piracy? Well, certainly. But that is just a word. We would have accomplished our purpose except for the same storm that made Caratel miss the express. The brig was blown, of course. We missed it ah, and what would have happened if caratel had arrived in liverpool in time for the express to london every first class compartment on the express was booked by three of my men they left only two vacancies in each compartment whichever compartment caratel was assigned would have been covered and the extra men served as backups. It seems a most elaborate conspiracy. You mean to tell me that Caratal was unaware of all this activity, completely unsuspicious? Oh, on the contrary, he is extremely wary. One of the reasons why I felt the matter had to be disposed of before he reached London was because we knew that he had arranged for a substantial amount of protection in that city. But why would he wait until London? It's not easy to obtain absolutely trustworthy bodyguards in Central America. As it was, the man Gomez, the mute, was a rare find for him. All right, all right. You have him arriving in Liverpool and missing the express. Now, if you had succeeded in getting the superintendent to persuade Caratel to share his special with you, <laughs> what then? Oh, things would have been much simpler for everyone. It would no longer have been necessary to make an entire plane vanish. The affair with the engineer Slater would not have been bungled. Oh, yes, yes, I admit that was bungled a major flu Very well, very well. Please, let us get to the special. Ah. You know by now that I am not a particularly modest man, but I must give credit to my English ally, one of the acutest brains in England. It was he who arranged that two of the three employees of the railroad under special were our men at a price that would make them independent for life. I won't go so far as to say that the English are more honest than any other nation, but I have found them. More expensive to buy. Well, like I could do with less of your philosophy. All right, very well, very well. Picture, if you will, that day on which Caratel hired the special. As soon as I knew, I couldn't get aboard as Major Moore. My English confederate picked me up in his horse and carriage. Sir... Our bird was too cagey to let anyone aboard his special, eh? He has his storm signal set, that is for sure. <laughs> it doesn't matter. My men are waiting. Out of sight, I trust. And then a culvert, outside the tracks. How much time do we have? The special isn't scheduled to leave for another half hour or so, and then it will have to get to Barton's Morse. Not to worry. The wooden ties leading to the Heartseeds mine have never been removed even though the tracks had been. When I heard that our fidget had missed the express, I got the crews to work in almost immediately. With breaks in their schedule when trains were supposed to pass, no one saw them. How much work has to be done? We took all the rails, fish plates and rivets from the abandoned sidings. There were plenty to lay tracks. And the switching? Well, I'll be at the points myself. And I've got a perfect location for you atop the culvert where you can see the train approaching and also oversee the siding and the tracks leading to the mine. Then let us whip up the horses and get there on seat with that everything is going according to plan. You men, step lively now. When is the next train scheduled through here? Nothing except the special. No, no, no. How far into the mine do you want those tracks laid? All the way to the mouth of the pit. Yeah. How fast has she got to go? What were your instructions to the stalker? Well, after he's crawled home, the engineer he's to slow the train to give him and McPherson time to jump off, and just before he jumps. He's going to give it full speed throttle. Very good. If she's going too fast, she may jump the gap and finish up on the other side. I do not think that is likely. Let's hope not. Because that would leave us with quite a mess. And so, with half an hour to spare, our preparations were completed. The track lay to the mouth of the mine pits, but... I still had to plan for other eventualities. I just a moment. I don't quite understand about the mess you spoke of. If the train or part of it were to jump the pit. I was hired to dispose of Caratel and his documents. If there was to be any shadow of doubt about his death or the papers, then I would not have done my job. Well, All very well, but. The... And a steam engine lying wrecks can be dangerous. There's always a chance of explosion. But there was still another factor to be considered. And so picture, if you will, a lovely day in the English countryside. My English ally and myself standing beside some miles of straight, shining track with him at the switch which would send the special off to the siding. As you can see, Nermak, the switch has been well lubricated, should work perfectly and you better get up on top of the culvert now she's due along here very shortly if the stoker's at the throttle and everything's under control he'll signal us as he approaches the switch with free blasts on the whistle Arranged. The engine came into view, moving slowly. My perch commanded a view of everything. The switch, the siding, and the entrance to the mine. The special drew closer and closer. I saw my English confederate throw the switch. And the special rolled onto the siding so smoothly that the passenger's caratel me's his bodyguard never realized they were no longer on the main line. I saw a man leap from the cab of the engine. At the same time, McPherson person jumped from the van. And I stood riveted as the engine started. Started to pick up speed. The wheels began to scream as they raced over the rustic track. And then I saw at the window the first class compartment the faces of Carrot and his henchman Gomez. They realized what was happening and they were screaming. Although the mute could make no sound, and suddenly I saw the bodyguard jerk at his wrist, point to the leather satchel, bring it out the window as if to say, Here, here, here are the documents. Ain't must spare my life. There's nothing I could do now. Rushed on, ran off the track, and for a moment I feared that it indeed would jump the gap when it hit the far edge, shuddered for a moment and then plunged in through the open shaft. With a tremendous roar, the boiler exploded. Monsieur Roger, was the final resting place of the Rochdale special. Monsieur Lernac, your account was most impressive and highly dramatic. But uh, I do not see how it would change the opinion of the gentleman in question. With all due respect, Monsieur Roger, you lack my experience in dealing with the rogues. You remember that I said the leather satchel was thrown out the window of the train before it went into the shaft? Yes. Knowing the people with whom I was dealing, I took the precaution to extract a few, very few pertinent pages and kept them. And as an honorable man, I have never used them. But tell those rogues that I have them and I will use them. Mercilessly, if they leave me here to face trial. That is the story told me by Herbert Lerdach. I never saw the documents, he would trust them with no one. Enfin, I have no way of judging the truth of his fantastic tale, but I did deliver his message, and somehow his mistrial was declared and Wehrmacht went free. I leave you to draw your own conclusion, as I have mine. little-known story of A. and Doyle has been aired, it may very well be that a number of sightseers will find their way along the old-time tracks of the London and West Coast Railway, looking down mine shafts for a broken and rusted steam engine and five railway cars. Who knows? Perhaps their search will someday be successful.